Welcome to the new Level Up Entertainment podcast. On this show, we choose a topic that's interesting to us and then assemble a panel of experts or people with unique perspectives to discuss the topic of the week. This week's topic is theme parks. We're going to talk about our favorite parks, rides, attractions, and more. We'll also st- discuss some strategies to get the most out of your park visits. I'm your host, Scott, and joining me this week. I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Harry. Hi, I'm Tara. All right, so... I know we kind of all like lost our plans for this year because of COVID. Um, I know I was hoping to go back out to theme parks. I caught, I went to Disney World and Universal Studios for the first time last year and I caught the bug and I've been wanting to go back ever since. Um, But I know that my plans have kind of been thrown off from that. So I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, Disney World finally like closed for the first time ever or stuff like that. so I've been wanting to talk about theme parks and I've got three of my theme park experts uh, with us. Um, so I guess we'll start the conversation off uh, with what's your favorite parks? I've only ever been to three in my whole life. Six Flags Great Adventure, Universal Studios and Disney World and two thirds of them were just in last October alone and that was it. <laughs> so Sam, what's, what's your favorite park to go to? It's really hard to say, and this is going to sound corny because obviously we're here for Disney, and mm-hmm. I get to go to Disney every day if I wanted to, but stupidly every year I get really excited to go to Mariner's Landing at Wildwood. It's the dumbest thing. But, but did you go there as a kid or? Every year, sometimes yeah. more. And as an adult, I go to New Jersey just to go for there. But my favorite, Jer- my favorite Disney park is probably like Magic Kingdom or Epcot. Okay. Epcot, the adult in me loves it because I love the, the festivals that they have, the art festival, food and wine, a couple other ones. But like, it doesn't feel like Disney until you go to Magic Kingdom. Say, so, Harry, I think I know the answer to yours, but we might as well make it official. What's your favorite well, park to go to? Don't let the ears fool you. Um, <laughs> well, so your shirt gives it away. Yeah, uh, my favorite uh, theme park is Universal Studios Florida, uh, the Studios Park specifically, although I love Islands of Adventure too. Um, it's celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. So I want to throw that out there. Happy 30th. Um, but it's, it's a really cool park. It's, it's had a lot of great history from franchises that I love, like back to the future, um, Ghostbusters, ET, the blues brothers. There's just, there were a lot of great eighties movies that really hit my wheelhouse, uh, that, that they were represented in that park. And now, uh, over the years, those things have been replaced, but they've been replaced with things that are also uh, really near and dear to me, especially the Harry Potter section, which I think it revolutionized the industry, the theme park industry, uh, when they first opened the first Harry Potter area uh, for immersive entertainment. And now we as theme park fans are enjoying the benefits because now Disney's opening their immersive entertainment with Star Wars, and uh, we just see this great back and forth. So all that goes back to Universal Studios. <laughs> All right, Tara, how about you? Yeah, I mean, to hop off exactly what Harry was just talking about, what Universal did with the Harry Potter world is why Hollywood Studios is now my favorite park. (laughs) It was always Epcot, um, just loved walking around in the atmosphere. But now that there's Galaxy's Edge and that immersion, just Disney is taking it to a whole nother level. And it's... It's literally like walking into another world. I've never like gotten dressed up to go to the theme park. Usually you're dressing for comfort. Now I'm dressing to be immersed in another world. Let's so say, for me, there's nothing like it. Let's say I've seen you go to pick your pictures from your vacation to being at, Disney, uh, being at Star Wars as Ahsoka. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my go-tos, yep. I know I kind of dodged the question. I didn't pick a favorite. I've only been to Universal Studios and Disney World for their Halloween events, so I don't feel like I got the proper flavor of them in Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios specifically. So I can't really pick. Um, they have both have things I really liked. I will say the Simpsons part of Universal Studios, I freaked out and spent like the whole day there. Uh, we talk about immersion. Like I know it's a stupid cartoon, but like I thought it was awesome. I got to eat a crusty burger at Moe's and have a beer and the bartender was super surly and mean. It was like perfect. Uh, <laughs> it replaced Back to the Future, but I'll, yeah. I'll since I, I see, I will know, say, uh, I, I really wish I, I've had this conversation with you, Harry. I think I would have loved Universal Studios in like 1997 when they still had Jurassic Park. I mean, Jurassic Jaws. World now, Jaws, King Kong. Yeah, I miss Jaws. The Ghostbusters stage show, Beetlejuice, stuff like that. I think I would have been really into that stuff. Yeah. Um, when I was at Universal Studios, I made a point to ride the E.T. ride because it's the last surviving opening day ride that they have. And like, it's not a great ride, but it was cute for what it is i did feel really weird because it's definitely designed for children and i'm like 35 well it's funny because like universal has gotten rid of so much of the opening day attractions except for et it's it's really i think the last one left at this point and yeah it's the last one yeah the evolution now that's more screen-based rides a lot of simulators and um when you look at disney parks um they hold on to a lot more of their history a lot of their opening day attractions are still there things that came over from disneyland and that craftsmanship is different. You can kind of tell the difference when you ride these rides that, you know, something that's physically there, like an animatronic, it just, I don't know. I don't know how the rest of you guys feel, but like, I feel like it's a different ride experience than it just is. looking at a screen. When I think about going to Universal Studios as a kid, I was like six years old and it was like Harry and the Hendersons and I totally freaked out on Jaws. Like, I remember that so much and not just because I was a little kid and it was prime age, but because the rides exactly that struck a chord with the craftsmanship. And now that I am in my thirties, you know, we don't go to universal that often because given the opportunity of all the parks that are in Orlando, they just offer the least, if, if you will, I still really enjoy the park, but it, I had a season pass for an entire year and I didn't go one, one time, not once but it's just not as accessible. They did so, so good with Harry Potter. Like be any Disney park, any park I've ever been to when they set up like Nocturne Alley and you kind of got lost finding yourself back there and how immersive that was. They should have just stuck to that because that really blew it out of the park, not to be, you know, punny, but <laughs> when they brought back King Kong and then King Kong was all video, it was like, all right, thanks Universal. Glad I well, spent yeah. money on this. Well, because what was great about the original King Kong ride, I'm saying this like I ever wrote it and I didn't, but like it was a giant like life-size animatronic of him. And that's mm -hmm. in, like just the, the engineering feat alone is impressive, even if you don't like the ride. Yeah. And you really, in that ride, especially seven-year-old Sam really felt like the trolley car was going to fall. Yeah. You know, oh, I can imagine. like I, it was I super be, realistic. I would be terrified of it as a 35-year-old because <laughs> uh, the big secret for me, which is why I haven't been to many theme parks uh, and Sam, I went to Disney World with her. So she kind of knows a little bit about this, but rides really freaked me out. There's a dip in Pirates of the Caribbean. I didn't know it was there and I got really scared. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, but I will say that that was a really cool ride to do because we went, it was um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween. Mm -hmm. So they had a lot of live actors in some of these rides. Uh, so they were interacting with us as, as we, we went down the, the ride and it was really cool. Um, 
and I, that's when I found out, I was like, oh, that's really cool that they heckle you and stuff. And then Sam told me, he's like, oh yeah, they don't normally do that. <laughs> They're not normally here. <laughs> it's usually just animatronics and not people. Um, but I guess I kind of roll, we can roll that into like uh, some of our favorite rides that we've had at uh, parks. Um, I will say we're talking about the Simpsons one. I rode the Simpsons ride a whole bunch of times. That uh, ride's really good. I really enjoyed it. I would love to go back in time and do the Back to the Future one. I know the video is on the DVD. It's not the same. Right. Um, right. I will say while we're still talking about uh, how everything screens and stuff at Universal, the Transformers ride was also really cool. Um, and that has like some live action elements to it. Even though it's like a 3D screen, your car is like zipping around. Your car is a character in the movie you're watching. So like it'll attack characters and like its arms will transform out and like punch people and stuff. But like it has like actual like pyrotechnic fire effects. And then when you defeat Megatron at the end, like there's an actual defeated Megatron you drive by and like the lights go out in its eyes. It's really cool. Yeah, that was like the the next generation of motion simulator rides. Like we it, uh, Universal came out with um, Spider-Man, which was kind of like the next generation of uh, Back to the Future with like those practical sets that you're moving through as you're watching the screens. And then Transformers is like another iteration of that. And then I would argue that the, the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride is like the next step of, of that, where you're actually in like flying benches that, that move you around. So you're not only in a car, you're moving around through practical sets and screens. Um, so it's been fun to watch sort of how these things have evolved over time and uh, the next steps of the motion simulator ride. No, I definitely agree, but then they came out with Escape from Gringotts, which I felt like kind of regressed. It was like less innovative than the Forbidden Journey, the one that's in Hogwarts. And I feel like, I mean, that ride's one of my favorite rides at Universal, either park, but if I go on what's been previous mentioned, Spider-Man and Transformers, it's the same experience to me. So I think that's one place that you, just to agree with what you guys have said that Universal really lacks, in my opinion. Did either of you get to ride to uh, Rise of the Resistance yet? I have, twice. Oh yeah, so I, I think that's the next step, right? Like it's, they started bringing back more practical uh, effects and live actors, yeah. things, right? And it's not just practical effects, it's a good mix of everything. The car's moving a lot more than in these other sets. It's also not on a track which is why there's always issues um, with it breaking down and stuff. Um, Cause I'm not exactly sure how the mechanics of that works, but it's pretty amazing. Um, but it also is just scale wise on a whole nother level when you have like ATACs that are full size. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Going back to what you said about King Kong, I mean, that they're bringing that back. And I think that's really awesome and obviously much more expensive and much harder to do. With but, Rise of the Resistance, when that was opening, the Imagineers were telling the park CEOs not to open because it's gonna flop so bad. And so the ride as you see it now is like not even the attended ride, but it was so much more immersive and in depth that they couldn't pull it all off at the same time. So the first opening weekend, it was the full thing, but they had to, turn off basically some of the parts, moving parts, because it just was breaking down too much. So I did get to see it with, and I don't want to spoil anything because it's a pretty new ride. There's certain animatronics that no longer have been used. They're using like a screen behind them, similar to what they've done with Pandora. Um, River Journey, where if the animatronics is broken, they have a screen behind it. So that way they can kind of repair it. Um, 
underneath uh-huh. like the stage kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm worried about going back and not having the same experience again because I don't know how long it's going to take them to get it back in full working order. That ride, the, the I guess like the craftsmanship of the cart that they use for that ride mm-hmm. is similar to the in it's called like Antarctic Adventure or something like that at SeaWorld. And so the bottom of the ride, think of like if you're like buffing a a like a marble floor, you know the buffer spins. That's what Mm -hmm. that is. So it it like kind of like moves you around like a bumper boat in the Atlantic one. But in the Disney one, it's more progressive. It moves fluidly through everything easier. And so I love what they've done with it. I think that the new Star Wars and shoot me now, I'm sorry, they're not my favorite necessarily. But I think that the immersiveness that they've provided, especially with the cantina, the eateries and the market, just it really doesn't matter if the ride's good because that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say since they based the park more on like the, the sequel trilogy, I think if it was a location I was more familiar with. Uh, like I probably would have been more excited to go down to that. I haven't been to the star Wars park yet. I've only been to magic kingdoms. The only part of Disney world I've been to so far. Um, I wanted to go to universal studios this year, but I don't think that's going to happen now. Um, well, that was one of the biggest criticisms about Galaxy's Edge when it was first opening was, you know, they didn't base it on Hoth or Tatooine or a place that you knew, whereas, you know, Universal, it's Diagon Alley. Oh, my gosh, I'm standing in front of Hogwarts Castle. So they've got Hogsmeade and everything, like all the, the key mm-hmm. places. Yeah. So like that connection isn't there for some fans that, that were looking for it, but it did allow Disney to tell their own story about this new land um so you know there was there are pros and cons about it but that was one of the biggest criticisms where people were upset that there was no nostalgia i guess built in yeah it's a lot less accessible for more casual fans i mean it's obviously very recognizable star wars but someone who's read the books that surround the land and like i know who by morati is who is the spy that you'll see walking around but like, if you didn't read the book, you're not going to really recognize her outside of the promos that they've had. So I think they need to do a little more work of, you know, making sure these characters are fully ingrained in the story of Star Wars, if you want people to be able to relate to it. But for me, what's different as a big Harry Potter fan is I like it that it's my own story when I go to Galaxy's Edge versus when I visit Harry Potter, I'm kind of visiting someone else's story. So it just kind of depends what you like and what to you um, speaks to you. And keep in mind too, this is just phase one of Galaxy Edge. They have three phases planned. And so they're continuing kind of debate of whether or not to bridge the gap. There's a huge field of land on the other side of World Drive where they basically funneled all the dirt that they dug out when they were building Galaxy's Edge. So they're debating like, do they do they bridge it and then they build an entire land over there? Or are they going to take down downtown Manhattan, which the only attraction there right now is Muppets, RIP. Yeah, and they're going to take that all out. <laughs> and then they're going to bridge all of that all the way up to where the backlot restaurant used to be. Because before mm-hmm. they entered with, with this whole ordeal of making Black Spire Outpost, that restaurant got rebranded to Star Wars. Yeah, I remember having really bad 
uh, Vader waffles just I was because say, they were Star waffles. Wars branded. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. you know, but you never Muppets. see anyone there anymore at the poor back Mupp- lot. So. Poor Muppets is in like the worst spot too because like the Star Wars is on the other side, and then you Alex Zed. Yeah, so, so its days are numbered, and I really hope that maybe they give it facelift and they move it over to where Disney Junior is. There's there's a there's a good chance that there's a new Muppet show coming out at the end of the next yeah. month on Disney there, Plus. There is the Star Wars gallery over there where they have the dinner parties. They can rip that out, build that in the back lot tour. Just put Muppets over there. Don't get rid of it. <laughs> I'll cry. And then oh. they're doing the, the hotel too. Uh, as long as COVID, you know, who knows what the plans with COVID now, but they're I doing, know. They were we talk about have, all this, but who knows? Yeah. They were supposed mm-hmm. to have this immersive, like your vacation starts and you are in the story and yeah, it's, it's all included. It's a land cruise. I don't know if you know, like you can come and go as you please, but like when you buy your room or you buy your ticket, you're basically buying it as if you're on a cruise. So you're not supposed to leave and you're there for three days, I think is the minimum tour and it's $1,500 a night. It's crazy. Yeah. This is why another reason I don't go to theme parks very often. I mean, we don't know for sure how expensive it is, but I've already been saving. <laughs> Researching. <laughs> although, although now who knows, I might have an extra year or two because of COVID. So yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. see. The marketing demos that they put out for that are fantastic. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even fathom, like this must've kept somebody up at night for weeks trying to put it all together. Yeah. I mean, the concept art looks amazing where you like get on a shuttle when you first get there to show you like going to the cruiser and then, you know, there's no windows, you basically see space. So it's very immersive, but same with Galaxy's Edge. Some of the concept art did not come to fruition. It wasn't quite as immersive as they originally had hoped. Obviously I'm sure budget's time, there's a lot of factors, but now with COVID, we'll see if that original concepts actually come to fruition. Yeah, I was just say, I don't think any park has ever turned out the way it was originally planned. They, especially yeah. Disney ones always seem to be way too ambitious. Remember, like, Animal Kingdom was also supposed to have, like, a mythical land, and that just didn't happen. It did in the beginning. Well, there, there were, there were well, dragons they, they were going the to, <laughs> Yeah, there was going to be, like, a whole thing, but they pushed that back for budgetary reasons and built it later. Um, and then the, I think it just never fruition. Like, it never came to fruition. Um. But like, what are some of the other like classic rides? Is uh, before we were we started the podcast, Sam and I were talking. Apparently, they're getting rid of Splash Mountain. They're rebranding it. Well, that was yeah, yeah. big they're news. Folding. Today. It hurts because I totally understand the why, but the ride itself shares no resemblance. If you didn't know about the history, you it would never draw attention to itself. So they're rebranding it, and it hurts. And I think it hurts the most because Disney caves on one park and not the other so like mr toad is still at disneyland not at disney world i know people were trying to save that so bad oh man and and so there's a number of other things like in parts of the caribbean where they changed you know it's it's no longer we wants the redhead now it's it's the rum they wants and it's like i get it but your if your market is a seven-year-old kid do you think the seven-year-old kid picks up on that and maybe they do. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. So it's, it's a different age now. I don't know what it's like being seven with the internet. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, it's like of all the things that Disney could fix about themselves, is this really the one? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough because you have people who grew up with these rides now. You know, these are now generational things. Like I said, Universal, it's the 30th anniversary. So now you've got people with their kids and maybe grandkids going and they want to share 
the same stories and experiences that they had on these rides with their kids and grandkids. And, you know, Disney World is what, since the 70s, you know, mid 70s. So, um, you know, you've got a lot of time there and, and Disney, I think, has done a better job than Universal at preserving its early theme park history. Um, but you know, they're, they're changing things slowly, but surely. Um, and that's going to be debated every single time. Yeah. They, they wanted to change the maelstrom, maelstrom to the frozen ride, you know, oh, I signed many that years petition. Ago. yeah. And like, that awful. is a ride that if you, I think if you take the casual theme park fan, they don't even know that it's really there because it's kind of in the back of Epcot. And it's but, awful. The ride's not good. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you know, that, that even caused a lot of controversy for, for people when they wanted to change it. So, you know, it's, it's like a blessing and a curse to have all of this. Yeah. This I think it's, it's a slippery slope. Most of all, if you boil it down to nothing else is 30 years from now, who remembers frozen? Like if you're going to rebrand something, if you're going to bring something up, you know, make it something that lasts. Don't make it something that you're going to rebrand three years from now. Because like now, okay, there's Frozen 2, but the ride still is Frozen 1, and it's still bad. Uh, I don't know. I never watched the Frozen movies. They don't seem like my jam. Maybe that'll stuff stand the test of time, and we're still talking about it how many years later. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. I love the movies, but it's pretty one-note, the ride. Yeah. So even you can love the movies and still think they could have done more with the ride to make it less heavy around the movie where you could have the characters but kind of have it be its own story um i think it would stand the test of time a lot more if they didn't just make it like part of frozen one basically yeah and the, like you said one note it's exactly that like the ride is not smooth people wait two three hours for it the ride is like legitimately less than a minute long you you will get unintentionally wet like not fun wet like mm -hmm. the there's a store that backs up to the frozen ride and so much water had leaked out of the frozen ride that it actually caused an avalanche of water in the store. Oh, wow. So like, oh, they haven't done a really great job, like bringing it up and preserving anything that's there. They've done a good job with slapping a brand on it and pushing it out the door. Oh man. Maybe you guys should just let this go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I bring it up because it's, it's kind of like the situation that universal finds itself in now it's become, it's such an IP based park that it constantly needs to update things because they feel like that, you know, people aren't going to know what Jaws is anymore, Back to the Future or King Kong. They know Harry Potter right now, or they know the Transformers, at least the Michael Bay movies. That's what, you know, that's what they went with. Um, so, you know, Disney is going to lose rides that are like Pirates of the Caribbean or the Haunted Mansion, where there were these original stories that people really enjoyed. And they're going to find themselves on this treadmill of constantly trying to update the IP to keep customers happy and, and stay and then relevant. Where can it go from there? You know, like, I, I'm sure there's a person out there that gets paid a lot of money to dream up all of this stuff and make it all happen. But I mean, like, realistically, Disney's been so successful because they dug in deep and they stayed there for a really long time before really advancing. And now that they're advancing, like, they tore up all of Epcot. Epcot's now Moana, a movie that's two years old. Like, Is it only two years old? I thought it was older than that. Even worse, to my point, yeah. <laughs> it's like, where do you go from here? And it's like, okay, if you want to make it more of like Gaia, Mother Earth, you know, bringing everything back together, fine. But how does that fit in the experimental prototype community of tomorrow? Yeah, well, like having so something like Gardens of the Galaxy even fits more so with Epcot than Moana. Like, there's just no connection there with the original idea behind Epcot. And so Guardians got pushed another year. And so now, 
I mean, are you going to pump out another Guardians movie? I'm, I'm down. Well, I mean, but... they're down. They're, they, a third one's confirmed. I mean, it's the Marvel movies. There's never going to be an, ended, an unending slog of them. But That's another podcast. From, I'm not a big fan of the Marvel movies. It takes away from the original idea of Epcot, which Epcot already, when it first opened, was beyond what Walt's vision for it was of being this you know, experimental prototype community. Um, and it just kind of merged <laughs> the future ideas and the, the World Showcase were just kind of like thrown together. Well, I was about to say like Moana can kind of fit more in the World Showcase idea because it's about like Polynesian people and whatnot. Um, we can talk about, you know, Disney's cultural appropriation as a different conversation. But um, I will say when we were at Trader Sam's in the Polynesian area, I was taking photos and sending them to one of my friends. And like, I feel a little uncomfortable as a white guy like here. <laughs> <laughs> but they're big like tiki statues and stuff I'm like i don't know if this is offensive not that i'm always trying to be woke but like i'm a little bit more aware of that kind of stuff now but then it's, they have stitch merchandise i'm like oh i like that so then i move on that's what they do they put just a big enough band-aid on it to make you look past it yeah. and, and maybe that's like the other sided argument to splash mountain that i'm not like really observing but it's not that i don't think it's not there it's just that i think that if you're going to rebrand something, rebrand it for something that lasts, that's timeless. Don't rebrand it Princess and the Frog just because that is the one that people want to see because five years from now when nobody knows what Princess and the Frog is, then what? How, how about this then? Like say something like the Haunted Mansion. Like I understand like it's aging technologies running in stuff. If they kind of, I don't want to say tore it down, but basically kind of I'll never say it. that. But yeah, basically, <laughs> basically put that in the universe. But Scott? basically, keep it the same story and like have similar set pieces, but like update it so it's got like modern technology and ride systems. But that's the things. thing; they have done that. So at Disneyland yeah. Shanghai and Disneyland. Uh, well, I, I know France, Shang, Shanghai had to change it because uh, China won't let ghosts happen. So it's, well, like it's called more Mystic like, Manor there. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> but but it's not but, like ghosts; it's like magic and stuff. But they all have their own story. So, like, in Disney World, everything is about um, Master Gracie. He had seven wives. The eighth one did him in. Like, it, it has its own story. It's the same thing with Disneyland, and it's the same thing with the other three parks. But, like, the other three, every park besides Disney World and Disneyland is much better experience in Haunted Mansion. We just love the nostalgia. Yeah. I will say, uh, so the Haunted Mansion is the first ride I ever rode at Disney. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote it. I think I was with your mom on it, uh, Sam. Um, and there's a, there's a, uh, A, it would have scared the hell out of me if I was a kid uh, because of the pepper ghost effects. I understand as an adult how that is. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But as a kid, it would have freaked me out. Um, but B, like there's a part in the room with the knockers. Mm. Yeah. The ride stopped for whatever reason. And I thought that was part of the ride. I'm like, this is weird. Why is it stopping here for this long? Oh, no. um, but apparently, like, so you were telling me, so probably someone with a wheelchair, or someone was getting off at the yeah. end of it, because uh, the guy, the voiceover kept going and like was talking about how we're stopped, and I was, I thought it was a part of it. And after like five minutes, I'm like, this is a weird part of this ride. <laughs> um, but it was really cool. I, I really liked Haunted Mansion. But like, even the queue and stuff are a lot of these things. Like, there's so much going on. There was the graveyard part. And like all of the different characters in the that are ghosts, like you can see their graves, and there's like little bios and like lots of puns. Like I was to say, lots mm -hmm. of puns, which I very much appreciate. The guy <laughs> that's drowned, like water spurts out of his thing occasionally. Like it was really cool. It keeps it the, engaging. Uh, yeah, there's a riddle on the headstones that was yeah. in the line. There's there's like this riddle where you're trying to piece together who murdered whom and 
Uh, it, it's pretty neat. If, if you, I didn't it see is that. super neat. Ca- we yeah. skipped it because of the events going on at the time. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> we how much we're going to talk. We're going to talk about it. Um, but we we had a special trip to go to Disney. Uh, so, um, but yeah, Pi- Haunted Mansion was good. I liked Pirates of the Caribbean a lot. Again, it had a fun uh, 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 queue. And then at the end, they give you chocolate coins. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was also Halloween, and we were, since it was Mickey's Not So Scary. So I did, Mickey, I did Mickey's Not So Scary one night, and then I did uh, Universal's uh, Halloween Horror Nights the next night. The two Very different vibes. The yeah. opposites you can do for, for Halloween. Like, Mickey's is all about the fun. Like, you're trick-or-treating. They've got a stage show where the, the Sanderson Hocus sisters Pocus. from Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. and, like, all of the Disney villains come in. Uh, and that's really cool because they project stuff up on the Cinderella's castle. It's like when Oogie Boogie comes out, it's all like Technicolor, like his, you know, his yeah. sequence in the movie. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Um, but then the other ones, like specifically to, to scare, to scare you as much as they can. Which most of the haunted houses are like they were fun, but like the the only one I was really scared at was the classic Universal monster one. That was when I caught myself throughout, like kind of like this, or stuff pop, <laughs> popping out on you. Uh, for the other ones, they were they were fun, but they weren't as scary. The Stranger Things one, oh my god, the line on that was so long, and it was so hot, um, and I was dying in that line specifically. I should have done the Yeti one because apparently that one was uh, air conditioned, so you could cool <laughs> off during it. Um, but that one would have been cool to do. Um, but I guess I kind of, unless anyone's got any other rides they want to bring up, um, that kind of segues into attractions if we want to get into that. Sure. Um, so yeah, Universal Horror, or the Universal Halloween Horror Nights I really enjoyed. Uh, the year, the reason I went to it is I was going to be in Florida anyway, uh, and I was like, that was they were doing Ghostbusters was their big new haunted like tour house for that. And uh, as people know, Ghostbusters is my favorite movie of all time. I was like, you know, it's kind of kismet. I'm down here. I never take a vacation. I never do anything. Like I'm gonna go do some stuff. So I went and did that. I did the the Ghostbusters one, the Universal Monster one. Uh, I did Stranger Things. I didn't do This Is Us because I didn't see the movie, so I think I would have been lost on me. I did Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And then they had a bunch of original ones, but then they like walked through areas just like Rob Zombies, something. Uh, the new Zombieland was coming out, so there was a part of it that was like, you walk around and it's like zombies will chase you and stuff. Uh, Springfield is full of like a chainsaw gang. They were all like neon Tron suits pop out and chase you with like fake chainsaws that one was weird and i got really annoyed because i had to keep walking through that to go to other things um but all the regular rides were just all just up and because people were there to do halloween i kept riding the simpsons ride because there was no line uh i i really enjoyed that part of the park but um that was a fun attraction mickey's not so scary was fun too that's definitely a better one to take like families to mm-hmm it's easier, it's harder to move around because it's so packed, but it's like easier to make everyone happy there instead of having like years that I've done the Halloween Horror Nights, it's like people carrying their kids, their kids screaming and crying, the parents laughing hysterically because that's exactly why they brought them there. And it's just less functional for your family. Mickey's not so scary, even if you're an adult, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, I did Mickey's Not So Scary this past October. I was down there for work like I think the week before Halloween whereas me and one co-worker went to Disney everyone else did the Halloween Horror Nights but for me 
the Disney magic is just different. I can go to Six Flags if I want to get jump scared over and over, which I haven't done that since I was a lot younger, but it's definitely not a very Halloween spooky atmosphere at Disney. It's just more of the Disney magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, there goes the train. I've never, <laughs> I've never been down uh, to any of the parks for the Halloween events, but I, I did go to Universal for their Harry Potter celebration, which was uh, really oh, cool. That's they, awesome. Yeah, they had um, a couple of sound stages set up with uh, props from the movie and different interactive experiences, and they had some actors come and, and talk. And one thing that stood out to me was they have this big stage in Universal, uh, the Studios Park, um, with a where they have concerts and bands and stuff but like this one it was included with your theme park admission and you could just you know walk up and listen to the actors and stuff and it was just so different than you know like a, a comic-con experience where you're stuck in lines and you're you're trying to get up to the stage and you're you, you know you're behind you have to wait in all this these lines and stuff to get up to the to the actors um this one everybody could just come up and listen you could walk away you could go mill about and get food and it was just a really cool like just celebration like what's in the name you know for of, of the franchise so uh, it was a really neat event i think too like disney does their own concert series for all of their festivals and i can maybe pick two acts out of 50 where i'm like oh i definitely need to go see that but whenever universal does their concert series it's, it's just a better experience it, it's an actual concert whereas at disney okay it's a concert but it's a concert that lasts 20 minutes and then it plays three times a day for three days, that particular act. Uh, you won't get the same experience at Universal Studios because it, maybe they play one or maybe two times over two days, but it's a full-fledged concert. So I do think they do a better job with that. They do, it's like more endearing, less just pumping out the dollars. Yeah, um... So, yeah, I was going to say, when we were doing Mickey's Not So Scary, I don't think we sat through that whole stage show, but we saw it like three times. Yeah, we kept catching it at different pieces. <laughs> yeah, uh, which was, it was fun. Another thing about Mickey's Not So Scary was nice is that there's like a story throughout the night that they're playing over the loudspeakers. Uh, so like Mickey and his friends are having a party and then the Sanderson Sisters want to make it like, or, you know, they want to ruin it. So they summon all the Disney villains. Um, but I re- what I liked about it, because I love Nightmare Before Christmas, is that it was revealed at the end as we were leaving that the narrator was Jack Skellington. And I was <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. But I another do- thing that they do is they, there's a lot of, like, exclusive, like, food and, like, things to get. Because um, I know I got, like, a big Jack cup, which was kind of annoying to tra- take back home with me on the plane because he didn't fit in anything because he's so long. Um, but that was also the only time I saw a plastic straw the entire time I was down in Florida. <laughs> Disney does do a good job with making it exclusive. Like you pay a lot of money to be there. And I can't say that it's worth the money anymore because the, the scenario doesn't change that often. So like if we went last year, it's going to be almost identical celebration this year. So I can't say that it's something where I would pay for it every year now. But when you go, you do get the advantage of the exclusiveness. Um, one of the exclusives that we got when we went last time was you got the bride cupcake. And yes. it was like a jello cupcake with an axe in it. Oh, and cool. like you, you couldn't get that unless you were at the event. And so that really hit high with me because of circumstances and because Haunted Mansion. But um, Haunted Mansion was still like, what, his 50th anniversary that year too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember there was a lot of merch for that, like specifically. 
And so like, I do enjoy that. I do enjoy whenever they have a festival, the uniqueness that it brings. I just wish that it was more, more intimate and less monetary. I can agree with that. Um, but yeah, when we're talking about exclusive things, let's talk about souvenirs. Um, <laughs> I kind of got into the pins. I wish I knew more about it going down because I would have bought like a big mess of them on eBay for trading. Pin trading. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, have but them. you don't want to buy a bunch of fakes and be that person. Mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of the ones know. on eBay aren't real. See, yeah. I've done some research and I was like, this is too much. There's too many fakes. It's too, this is like, drama I don't need like every collector community there's always stuff like that well, so I just do it casually because that's that's the problem with Disney for me it's like intellectually like they do all these things that annoy me and then I'm like oh it's Donald Duck and then I like kind of <laughs> forget about it no the, the pin trading hobby is there's there are like anything there there's like whole sub forums and reddits and facebook groups and stuff mm -hmm. dedicated to it um if you are unfamiliar with the disney pin trading and universal does their own version of it too like the the cast members at each ride and people in the shops and the restaurants they all have their own uh bag or board of pins and you can you can trade with them as long as it's a disney pin you can trade one for one and they they accept it and um, there's exclusive pins that only the cast members have that have like, a special Mickey's. logo on them. Yeah, the hidden Mickey's. Um, so it, it can be a really fun, I don't know, like a side quest while you're at the at the parks. Um, something to look forward to and, and look for. Uh, but like Scott said, you might want to come armed with some, you know, to go with because you don't want to buy a pin, fall in love with it, and then have nothing to trade with. And it's expensive to buy yes. a pin and then trade it. And so sometimes you get people where their kids have just aged out of it. They don't see the value. And yeah, absolutely. There are definitely a lot of fakes on eBay. But I mean, I, I used to go at least once a year, every year, sometimes more. And I would get five pins every time. And, and then it just adds up. And it's like, okay, well, I don't need this stuff anymore. So it's okay to trade, right? And so yeah. I have like a hat box it's like a Victoria's Secret hat box filled to the brim. It barely shuts with pins. So if anyone wants to trade, just let me know. I will send them to you. <laughs> yeah, I try to only buy one non-Star Wars pin each time. So it's a pretty small collection. I don't know what happened to my ones from when I was a kid either. Who knows where those ones ended up. But it's yeah. the Star Wars ones I have a problem with. I say I've got almost all of the ones I have are on my lanyard at work. So if you come into the store... Uh, you'll see like my Darkwing Duck one and stuff. Because uh, I think, Sam, you found that one for me. I was like, oh. Yeah, I have a I was, spot I was, I was the done, hard characters. Yeah. I was done buying them. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Because I also got them as souvenirs for everyone else at work. Because, you know, I took like a week off. And I was like, I want to bring them back something. Um, so it's kind of done. And she's like, here's this one that's Darkwing Duck. And I'm like, that's how they get <laughs> you, me you know? Yeah. I was going to ask. Yeah. I was going to ask the rest of you guys if there's like a particular character or attraction or something that you look for in your souvenirs or pins or. I mean, I really love, I really love, it's sort of a sickness besides Haunted Mansion, Mr. Toad and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Cool. And so I, I'm an old soul, I guess. And I never got to go on 20,000 when it was in Disney World. It was closed every time that I went. So it's kind of like that I'm chasing that Nautilus, mm -hmm. if you will. <laughs> yeah. um, so whenever I see merch for it, I'm like, oh, just take my money. 
and, <laughs> and then the same thing for Mr. Toad. But it's like hard because like they've now coupled Mr. Toad with Ichabod Crane, mm-hmm. which I also really love, but they don't necessarily belong together. And now it's like you can't buy one without the other. And Mr. Toad I, stuff is so expensive. I had a VHS tape and it was the two of them together. Yeah, so they, they, mm-hmm. they're paired together a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being six years old and that was besides haunted mansion that was the one ride at disney that was my favorite ride because i got to drive a car (laughs) right and i was hooked on that and so now this year covid let me knock you know now that i'm turning the ripe old age of 34 (laughs) i think i'm gonna go to disneyland and ride mr toad again so you get used to it (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm saying i'm the oldest on the call so don't complain uh uh, but yeah, I'm just saying, like, I haven't had as much experience with this, you guys, but I love uh, the Disney Ducks. So, like, especially if it's like Scrooge, um, I like Darkwing, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I have a soft spot for. There's a lot of other movies they, I, they have that I really like, but I don't think I would necessarily, like, go pin crazy. I, the pins I got this year, I got the, the Donald Hollander one, like Halloween one, where he's like a ghost or something. Uh, I got Jack in front of the the icon of Cinderella's castle but it's all done in like like Tim Burton style and I got that Darkwing Duck one at Universal I got a Jurassic Park one and I got the Halloween Horror Nights Ghostbusters one because I kind of had to because those are my number one and number three favorite movies they don't have Back to the Future merch really anymore that's number two it's a sickness they need to fix it yeah they're they're uh putting out a lot of 30th anniversary like retro merch right now so it's like the original universal logo and things like that so like they're you were showing me me. you're showing me the glassware set and stuff where it's like all the original rides and things like so back to the future had one yeah i think that they they don't have any room like real estate anymore because a lot of what you a lot of the property that you see at universal studios isn't actually accessible to the public because they have a lot of real life sound stages where they do actually film tv shows and movies oh yeah the studios is because they're a studio they are actually a studio so unless they decide to tear all that down they don't have a whole lot of footprint to work with anymore but i really wish that they would come up with like a movie land version of it yeah, unfortunately, I epic universe. Yeah. Well, yeah, let me I not hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. I doubt we'll see any investments coming soon from Universal. No, with they're having all the a hard time. Happened. Mm-hmm. So. And now Disney owns like half their stuff now, because now that they've got Simpsons and Marvel, and I know they because of the buyout, like Disney's not going to honor any contract that Marvel had, and I know Marvel's thing was like because they were going bankrupt, they were selling everything for a song. And as long as their characters are being used and they can just have them in perpetuity for Marvel characters in the area. But like they didn't have guardians as part of the deal, which is why they're in California now. I, I love the Marvel Disney contract like story. That is like one of my favorites as, as, as an attorney, it yeah. speaks near and dear to my Are heart. Are we taking this back to like, what did they say? Anything of the Mason-Dixon line? East, east of the Mississippi. Oh, yes, east east of the Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. And uh, the characters have to be in use by Universal. So uh, that's one of the reasons why Disney's kind of getting away with Guardians is because Universal has never used the Guardians of the Galaxy characters. Well, because those characters weren't even a thing when no. that happened. But like, Disney is still hand, hand, uh, handcuffed by some of the ways that this contract still exists on the books so they can't put marvel uh the name marvel on any of the stuff that they're doing so even if 
when the Guardians of the Galaxy ride comes out, it'll say Guardians of the Galaxy, but it'll miss that Marvel branding, which, you know, big deal. But they have stores point, yeah. that they can't open um, in Disney Springs. They have a, like a superhero store. They wanted to name it like the Marvel superhero Vault. store, but they can't. And it's called the Marvel Vault. Yeah, they can't because of that contract. And so, you know, they're limited to uh, Universal gets to use all these characters. But the flip side of that yeah. is Universal's characters and, and the, the artwork and everything is kind of frozen in time from the mid-90s from, you know, when they originally had it. Because so, yeah, Disney won't approve any changes. You well, know, cause why, why would they? they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why so. would they? That said, I am excited about that. Because if I go back to Universal, I really want to do Islands of Adventure because I really want to ride the Spider-Man ride. Uh, also because I loved that cartoon as a kid. So it's all the original version of it. Uh, I can't do that with anything else I wanted to do from Universal because I can't ride Back to the Future, can't do King Kong, can't do Jaws, stuff like that. I can't see the Ghostbusters spooktacular. Yeah. But like, it's weird because a lot of that stuff like uni aren't Universal movies and they had to like license them. So they were kind of always going to be temporary. Well, too, like with the Hulk, which is like their biggest roller coaster draw over there besides Rip Rock Rocket, is like if the Hulk closes, they cannot reopen. Mm. So like they can close for like general maintenance, that kind of thing. But if they try and close for a refurb, they cannot reopen. Wow. So if they close, they have to rebrand. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they... they... They were able to freshen up some things. I know they gave it like a new coat of paint or or new tracking or something. Yeah, they did something with Hulk. And I know now it like roars or something when you're getting launched. Yeah, there was something they changed with it. And then Spider-Man, they they kind of upgraded the ride film to HD. So they did, unfortunately, Scott, they took out some of that 90s animated series of it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's probably a better ride now. But I so I don't know. Like there 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 is some give and take between Marvel and, and Disney with this, with this Marvel contract. But it's, it's just so funny because you look out in California and they're planning an entire Marvel themed area, the, the Avengers campus and this Spider-Man ride to go with it. And you're, you look over here on the East coast and you're like, well, why can't they? And it's this darn Marvel universal contract. I know. So we're kind of all losers in this situation, but cause now we're not going to be like, cause there's no X-Men ride and now. Right. right, because the X-Men characters appear in Marvel uh, Superhero Island. But the thing you have to keep in mind, too, is that island was created before this immersive entertainment thing w was a big thing. That, that that island came about before the the Marvel Cinematic Universe became a thing. So, yeah. you know, when, when Islands of Adventure opened, it was late. It was 99. Um, I mean, the X-Men were a big deal in the 90s. I'm surprised. I know cartoon. they have walk-around characters, yeah. But like, I mean, the that's comic was see, like the number one selling comics then too. And you'll see a lot of the Marvel uh, X-Men branding there. You know, there's a lot of uh, Magneto and the Jim Lee style X-Men, but you'll, you'll look around and you'll be like, well, where's Captain America? Where's Iron Man? Why is Robert Downey Jr. not around here? And like, there are small references to them. Cap has his own cafe, but it's not as big as you would expect with the way the Marvel universe is it, now. Is the Captain America uh, cafe called the Cap-Fe? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's some American Justice Cafe. The, the Fantastic Four also have a, a restaurant in there. Well, I know Doctor Doom has a ride. Yeah, isn't he like the story of it is like it's he's got some sort of weapon that's powered by screams or something. So he's like he sucks you up on this experiment. I don't you, know. Got, you got it. You hit the yeah. nail on the head. Um, I mean, that's a fun idea for a ride. I'm glad they did Doom instead of Fantastic Four, just because that's something more different. I think they just took whatever 90s animated cartoons they had at the time and were like, all right, Spider-Man, we're going to do that. Uh, they have a storm ride for the X-Men. We'll do Fantastic Four. Let's go. Yeah, they all had cartoons. And like Cap was in Spider-Man a whole bunch. 
Um, Iron Man was too, and Iron Man had a cartoon, but yeah. I think it flopped really hard. Because I remember yeah. as a, I remember as a kid, like Iron Man was a character. I was like, oh, he showed up in Spider Man to fight Carnage in this episode, and then he'd go away, and I'd be like, all right, I'm I don't need any more. I know you're a big <laughs> Iron Man guy, but like as a kid, he was just a character that was there. I didn't. Mm care about him really i mean i just i wish we could see what they would have been able to do now or what disney would be able to do i mean an iron man ride would be a bomb yeah um even if it's just an arc reactor this is like ratchets you around or something you know they have an iron man ride in i want to say france right one of the asian disney parks i'm not sure i thought it was i thought it was i thought it was euro or disneyland france Mm -hmm. or whatever the one in france is I know that I have seen, though, and uh, again, this goes back to will it ever happen, you know, but where Guardians is in Epcot and where the adjacent properties to it, you know, they've kind of said that they're going to take that whole archway and make that all Marvel characters. And so um, those rides inevitably as a result would be rebranded as well. So it's like, I don't personally go on many of those rides because they spin in circles and I'm old now. So that's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. if they rebranded it you know it still has its own potential even though it won't quite be the same as its own original ride the rides we love and scott one other quick fun fact about marvel superhero island that was originally going to be dc oh yeah it was going to be dc but then uh, warner brothers who owns dc bought six flags mm-hmm. and so like well we have our own theme parks now so that's why all of the the dc stuff's at uh, Six Flags. I was about to say uh, I haven't been to Grand Adventure. Yeah, because our Great Adventure is the one in Jersey. I haven't been there since high school. We went there for Senior Cut Day, and I went, I went my... last year. Yeah, <laughs> it's different. You're... And you're the one that doesn't live in New Jersey anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've only been once in the last decade. So yeah, it was fun. I think <laughs> I still have a bear dressed as Batman that I wanted a game there, but like that was the year I think like the Superman ride had come out. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrified of roller coasters, so I didn't. Ride I can't do roller coasters either. So that's, yeah. why would I go so to Six yeah, Flags? Six Flags is like, like out of the question. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. so, they're, they're less of an immersive thing and more of a thrill park. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. They just kind of slap a superhero's name on a ride. So it's like, well, you know, Superman does have the theming of it's like a ride where you're sitting your yeah. face forward in like the Superman pose. But it's like, all right, Batman, it's a roller coaster, but there's no story to it you know mr freeze ones just goes back don't threaten them because when they put a story to it it's awful (laughs) oh no (laughs) because like now it's not it's not chiller and and whatever anymore where it was like the slingshot ride that shot you up Mm -hmm. now it's like arkham something and the joker escaped from arkham asylum and they basically just took the crazy mouse which even though I know is unique for us, but I feel like there's a crazy mouse in every county <laughs> and they just stuck Batman on it and it's awful. So don't threaten them with a good time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I guess if you have the ability to make those types of uh, immersive entertainment, you're going to Disney or Universal, you're going somewhere that's not Six Flags, you know, where, where yeah. they can just slap something on there. Yeah, they're or better they... off doing something different and not trying to do the same thing. Cause then they take just... Medusa, which was a fantastic ride and made it bizarro, which is fine. They just painted it a different color and put Bizarro up on a billboard and now it's Bizarro. It's one thing to just kind of slap a character on a ride, but it's another thing to like, this is the section that's Gotham City and it's immersive and whatnot. Or like, here's the the part that's Metropolis and like the Daily Planet building's got a shop in it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You can buy like a fake newspaper, you know. 
I do have to give a shout out to the Batman stunt show that they used to have at Six Flags. So they would oh, yeah. film it off of whatever Batman ride was out at the time. And you can find videos of these on YouTube. They looked awesome. I mean, like there was a full Batmobile, like Keaton Mobile re- replica driving around and people were jumping in and out of it dressed as the, the Penguin and Catwoman. And uh, then they did like a Riddler and Two-Face version when Batman Forever came out. I mean, they, they really looked like they put a lot of time and money into that stunt show. Um, and it was a good time. Yeah, would be cool. There was a while there because I remember the commercials all the time uh, because there was like so many Batman movies coming out all the time in the 90s that, yeah, there was always like a big push for whatever. Like, you know, when Batman Robin came out, that's when Schiller uh, and a bunch of other things, they would always revamp the Batman stuff of the park. How many Batman coasters were there? Like four? Three or four. Yeah, because yeah, they, they have a lot there now too with Harley Quinn and Joker. They just uh, added to the park pretty recently. I mean, I get it. I mean, they're still making movies based on those characters, so might as well. If, so if, if all you're doing is just slapping a character on a coaster, might as well just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that people go to theme parks a lot for uh, is for the food. And I will say, uh, at the Simpsons part, there's like all of the different restaurants you can have. And I got a Krusty Burger, which was really good. But I got the thing that saved my life at both of the parks is I got a Squishy from the Quickie Mart. It comes in like a thermal like cup that's reusable, but it lasted me all day and it was like cold for hours and I was so hot. It was so hot in October in Florida. I don't know how you guys live down there all year <laughs> round, um, but like it's the only thing that kept me like alive, it was, I, but like it was really good. I got a cherry one. I recommend that, um, but I know, I know food's a big part of like stuff that there's always exclusive stuff we were talking about the exclusive uh, uh, cake and things like that, um, that you can only get certain nights even. So if you go to any theme park, and I don't know if you guys can really chip in for this, but if you go to any theme park, you have to get the food. And Disney always has the hidden food items. So like it used to be at Epcot, you had to get lavender lemonade, which now they only have for art festival, but they used to have it all the time. If you went to um, Magic Kingdom, you had to go to uh, get the bathtub, everything but the kitchen sink Sunday, or Dole Whip, right? Mm-hmm. And so now they have a couple different variations of Dole Whip. If you go to Animal Kingdom, you have to get the, it's called Cactus Lemonade from Yak and Yeti. They only have it there. Um, they're nice enough that if you go to the bar and ask for it, they'll let you take it away. It comes alcoholic and non-alcoholic. And that one's desert pear lemonade is what it is, but it's a picture of the cactus on it. And then uh, at Universal, you have to get green fishy ale from Diagon Alley. That's like, I can't go without getting that. And I it's basically bubble tea. I couldn't oh, figure out how to get into Diagon Alley when I was there. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> I, I saw. They I saw, usually have a guy yeah. out there telling people, like trying to point people. And... I saw. I saw a part that was very clearly a British street, and it had the bus. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and in the distance, you can see the dragon at Gringotts, like over the buildings. I'm like, I can't figure it out. But I was like, I'm only here for a couple of hours before Halloween, the Halloween stuff starts. So I want to hit like the regular rides first. My dad was so mad the first time we all went down there because he thought that my sister and I dragged all of them down to Universal to just see that little London street. <laughs> and he was like, why were the kids so excited for this? This is garbage. Because they couldn't figure out you have to go through the building into the back. But it is very nice yeah. once you're in. Yeah. yeah. It would have been nice to see that. But um, if I, I, when I go to 
Universal again. I definitely want to do Islands Adventure Harry Potter specifically rather than, because now I've been to studios. I, w- I would like to go do that. Um, Tara, yeah. I, I wanted to hear more about the Galaxy's Edge food because like there's a lot of it. Yeah, like, how's, how's the blue yeah. milk, Tara? The foods, so they only have one quick service restaurant. There's no sit down and the food's fine. It's like what you would expect from Disney. It's not anything special in my mind. Mm. And I feel guilty talking crap about my favorite park and Did favorite sectional park. But yeah, that's why I've just, I don't eat there normally. I just go to the cantina for drinks mm. and those drinks are really good. I Definitely really get the fuzzy tauntaun. Mm-hmm. Well, what that's is, what like is that the number one real? recommended what scott what is that for real like what so, is it i don't know what it actually it's like is. a mimosa and a fuzzy oh, okay. navel together yeah i guess that's a good description because i'm sure they sell like chicken and stuff but it's probably called like raktar and weird star well wars they changed names. the name so it used to have the weird star wars names and then it wasn't selling because people didn't know what it was so <laughs> yeah. the names but yeah, yeah. So, so what's the blue milk taste like? Is it actually milk? That I haven't had because I've only been there with just my husband and I don't think he's going to like it. <laughs> so I was waiting till I went with my whole family when we were supposed to go in April so we could try both. Oh, so we sorry. could like pass it around. Mm. Not only will we not be passing drinks around and sharing for a while, but yeah. obviously we won't be oh. down there for a while. So well, I- that was one thing I was saving, but Snack-wise, their popcorn in Galaxy's Edge is actually really good. They have like a sweet and spicy popcorn, and I get that every time I'm down there. It actually doesn't sound too bad. Nice. I liked when I went into the cantina how, how, like, we went for an opening review, so they would only let you order two drinks, and then they made you leave. So, but it was, I mean, like, after two drinks, I was good to go at that point. Uh, We spent, for four drinks, it was $116. So it is oh pricey, wow. but uh, there is seating room, but you sit, it's, it's like several bars, not necessarily bars, what you would think is like a bartender on the other side, but several like long high top sort of tables to just like lean on and talk to everyone that you're around. And the experience was well worth the money and the drinks were good. And that's the one yeah. with the, the DJ from Star Tours, right? They mm, repurposed DJ the, Rex. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they repurposed Rex from Star Tours, and now he's a DJ there, which and is then, cool. Yeah, I listen to the music sometimes. It's actually pretty good. I was about to say, um, the other place, speaking of getting drinks at Disney, uh, Trader Sam's in the Polynesian Resort was really cool. One of my um, favorites. Because it's like a crazy room, and as you order drinks, different things will trigger, and the drinks come in like these crazy cups, and if you pay like a bunch of extra money, you get to keep it. <laughs> Um, and you have a full complement of them now, right, Sam? I have almost all of them, yes. Oh, I thought, we, I thought we got the last one when we were there. No, we got the last one that I really wanted. The okay. other one's kind of cycle. So the other one is like uh, the shrunken head. And so there's a glass version or there's a... There's a um, well, we got... What was that big one we got? Version? We got a Nautilus. Yeah, that one was really good. Uh, <laughs> the, the drink. Um, I, still need, I still need the shrunken head and I still need the uh, Oa. But again, they're like, they cycle in and out with different ones. I think I had the shrunken head one. I remember not being as into that one as I was the Nautilus drink. That one was good. Yeah, but they recently came out with the Hatbox Ghost one. So it's a tiki mask, a tiki, but it's Hatbox. So I obviously had to spend all of my money on that. Yeah, that's fair (laughs) enough. I know you're you're big on Haunted Mansion. I have way more than I care to admit. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, I have to give a shout out to the Blue Bayou in Disneyland. Uh, their New Orleans section has this uh, chicken gumbo that is just amazing. It's like top five food I've ever had. I, I just absolutely love it. And uh, if anybody out on the West Coast is over there or going over there, definitely, if you can get in, try it. Um, and it's a really cool little uh, porch setup, like you're down in New Orleans on, on somebody's porch, and the Pirates of the Caribbean boats float by as you Well, that's do. cool. Yeah. I'll do it. Sure. Yeah, you sold me. Definitely well, check so, it out. Tara, you've been to some international parks, right? I have not. Okay, never mind. Not yet. I really want to go to Disneyland Sea and ride the this journey the center of the earth right apparently is awesome mm. so yeah, I, I had plans to go to china but uh my friend moved back to the states so that's oh, so why they, that so, got delayed so they ruined everything basically <laughs> tell them to go back so that you can go to the park <laughs> it's like uh, it was their third time going back and forth so it was well, a good chance speaking of parks we want to we want to go to i've mentioned it a couple of times i want to go to hollywood studios and get and uh and Ga- or, yeah, Hollywood Studios and Galaxy's Edge. I want to do Islands of Adventure, Harry Potter. I'm waiting for Nintendo Land to open up uh, at Universal uh, and head yeah. down there. Uh, I know Harry also really wants to do that as well. Um, and I might be a brave boy and go on all the rides. <laughs> uh, I'll just do the kiddie ones. But uh, I'm curious to see what, because I know it's getting built in Japan first, mm-hmm. which I know was supposed to go for the Olympics, which obviously aren't happening now either. Uh, since Nintendo is like sponsoring them, but is there any other like uh, parks you guys haven't been to that you'd really like to go to, or some upcoming like uh, trail rides or attractions that uh, you haven't been able to go to yet? Well, I used to always really want to do the Tron roller coaster. I, th- I think that's Shanghai, um, or is that Tokyo? Shanghai. Shanghai, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now they're bringing it here, so I don't have to fly across the world to ride it. But it might obviously still be worth I'm. It. I, it'll probably be different and it'll, it, who knows when they're going to finish. I mean, the experience COVID, around it's probably going to be a lot more interesting, you know, you get to go yeah. to another country and stuff. I'm just happy to see Disney investing in the Tron franchise again. I know. It's crazy I, that, you know, they seem one of my like favorite that, old they left it for dead and now they're like, we're going to build a ride for it in Magic Kingdom. It's like, yeah. okay, all right. When's yeah, I was going to say, of any of their like movies that they don't push, that would make a really cool theme park attraction. I know. It's Tron. Sells itself. Come on. Yeah. Also, you can ride. have like an arcade and stuff built into it. Like there's so many cool things you could do with it beyond just like, oh, here's a roller coaster that is all yeah. neon you know? Well, the skeleton of the ride is sort of up right now. And so if you take the monorail or anything like that, I don't, I don't do gondolas. You will never find me on that. I think that's the worst investment they've ever done, but <laughs> If I you did it. that. Where's the magic bands? Come on. <laughs> no. God. First of all, the first day that it went off, and obviously there's going to be hiccups, you know, but any ride that has a survival kit underneath the seat, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I remember not- following that on Twitter, and I still went on it when I went down there. <laughs> so, so Don't do well in a box. You're not that kind of thrill seeker? No, I'll jump off the, I'll jump oh, off the gondola. Dude, two, two, my two biggest phobias, I'm claustrophobic and I'm scared of heights. So like that's a hour of terror. That's your ride. I really <laughs> want to ride. All right. So I talked about this with Sam when we're down there. I really want to do Tower of Terror. I know I will freak out right when I get to the front of the line and have to leave. But you don't get to see like on Tower of Terror when you're dropping. You don't get to see you're dropping. You just get to see it's the, not that the bad. initial. Mm-hmm. Like where you see that you're up high, so there's the perception that you're dropping. I'm all psyched out. Like but the I, ride I, doesn't fall yeah. that far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really not that bad. I was scared of it. 
I feel like we're close to being the same. We don't like roller coasters and well, stuff. Maybe but I'll I rode it for the first time after going there a dozen times or more in my life last year. And I was like, wow, I wasted so much time not riding this. It's maybe so I'll, fun. Maybe I'll save up an extra again. hundred bucks to get drunk beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good idea. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably Projectile bar. and then yeah. it'll come down on you several times. <laughs> yeah, but That's I, another one that I'll go to bat for the Disneyland version too, because the Guardians of the Galaxy, I know it was a big controversy, no. <laughs> but I, I think they should both exist. I think we should have both versions on the two different coasts. I like well, having I, different I, versions on different coasts. Yeah, but, but don't I, I do that into the off. ether where they're going to take that from me. Because I do hear that the Guardians reverberishment of it is pretty awesome because it goes in time to like the music and stuff. And each time you ride it, because each time you ride Haunted Mansion, you know, it gets a different experience now. But like, I know because they'll change the ride to like the dip, you'll get different songs each time you ride it. Um, and like, apparently the, the Rocket Raccoon, I saw a video of it. The animatronic for him is really good. It's really, um, really cool. Um, I, I, I want to ride it also because I'm a big Twilight Zone fan. So like, I didn't, I'm afraid that they'll get rid of it. Uh, you know, there's new Twilight Zone technically, so yeah, but Disney, well, we'll, but they, but they (laughs) would be like, I'm sure Disney sees more dollar signs making it Guardians of the Galaxy. But um, I think they should both exist separately. Like I, I I just I understand the controversy and the the traditional, um, Um, because again, it's one more thing with. I mean, it's very, it is themed off of Tower of Twilight Zone, but it, I think it's a very loose. Theme, I want to well, it has its own it story. Yeah. Well, it's its original. Well, what makes it what part of what makes the Twilight Zone part of it great is the Twilight Zone is just it's just a us anthology show. So it's just another story that could fit in with the Twilight Zone like theme and style. And I know they got uh, Rod's. They didn't get him to record stuff for it because he was already dead. But they have record like he he does open and close it, um, and that's really cool. They were building a secret bar. So just like how Trader Sam's is a secret, not so secret, but secret. Yeah. They were building that. There's a courtyard adjacent to it, and they were building that there, and now they're not. No, I'm sad. That would have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and the theming in that, that area, the tower, the lawns outside, I mean, it's so immersive. Before they did the immersive stuff, um, it, it's just it's really cool that they went through that much effort for what's essentially a drop tower ride. Um, it, it's a really, really cool, that Disney I, magic. I almost, previous previous relationship, very early on in my 20s, I almost got married there because uh-huh. they, they do that where they line everything up when you walk in and it's like the lounge area, they line it up as like an aisle and it's one of their options to do. You have to do it at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but to me, that's worth it. I, we decided to go a different, way more exciting route, but that's an option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the route you went was awesome. It was perfectly planned. <laughs> yes. Flawlessly executed by all involved. Yeah. Um, Scott, I mean, about your question about the future, I mean, it's so up in the air right now because the virus is, is hammering these parks. They've never been closed this long before. Um, but, you know, I hope that things like Epic Universe, that's the new Universal Park with um, the theme, the, the Super Nintendo world, I hope those plans don't, you know, go away or, or get uh, reduced from where they, what they were I, announced. Because I know at least the dart looked awesome. I know at least the Japanese park is very much under construction. Cause occasionally people will find, be able to take photos of it. And like, you can see like all of the Mario landscapes and stuff like that. So that one's probably too far under development. And like, they can kind of still do construction. Um, 
just not, I, I obviously it wouldn't have been open to crowds anyway but like who knows when they'll break around here now yeah. um, I really think they have no choice but to be optimistic because eventually eventually we'll be back to some kind of normal it won't be our original normal yeah we'll have some sort of vaccine you know there'll be something and eventually these people are going to need to get out of the house in disney and universal it's so expensive to go but like as a family attraction they make it so affordable being able to pay over time so these people are going to go somewhere and i think that they're banking that they're going to go right here to orlando or they're going to go to anaheim and there's not a whole lot of in the middle yeah yeah and we're we're also kind of in the middle of this renaissance for these theme parks like they i, I don't know i mean I, I feel like disney is always kind of upgrading and reiterating but i know for universal i mean they were dormant before harry potter came along they were just i mean it was almost like a dead mm-hmm. park and now it's become a park where you go maybe two to three days out of your vacation and they're starting to steal some of the disney share away i feel yeah. like disney maybe kind of rested on being in first place until you know harry potter started eating into that and then they're like oh well we need let's open the star wars land i know they were doing pandora forever (laughs) but uh but it's we're in the middle of this expansion of theme parks and and it's a great time to be a fan but like i like i said i hope this virus doesn't uh stop that because it was really there was a lot of really cool things to look forward to on the horizon there was the ministry of magic expansion that they were going to do uh, for the Harry Potter areas and uh, the Star Wars hotel and, and those kinds of plans. So. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, the hotel is pretty far in construction, so they're definitely going to finish that. I think everything's just going to be delayed, which is fine because our all of our lives are delayed, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I think it falls in line with when people will be ready to go back. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I, I wanted to make plans to go back down later this year. But, you know, I had to, I'm, I know I'm not the only one in this boat. I had to burn a bunch of my paid time off, um, you know, when the, the pandemic first started. And we weren't quite, I can, you know, we didn't quite get unemployment and didn't quite get uh, our payroll protection loan yet. So, you know, we had, there was a, a way we can start making sure that, you know, our employees were getting paid and whatnot. Um, we're, we're, I mean, we're all good, like for us, but, you know, that, that, that does change plans a little bit. And then, you know, even if we get back open to like kind of normal, I don't know how much I want to be in with crowds. It's like right. sometimes I go to Target now and I'm like, it's too many people. I'm going to leave, you know, even you with imagine, masks and stuff. You know, whether you're in California or whether, whether you're anywhere, wherever there's a Disney park, except for maybe France, it's in a pretty warm climate. So you're going to be in 100 degree weather with humid and 25,000 people around you and you're going to have cloth blocking your face yeah. like yeah and it's a necessary evil yeah but i mean like i can't say that you're gonna see me sweating my ass off with a mask barely breathing just to and see to mickey mouse some yeah. of those rides also like the cues are the pack weren't, weren't built for that I'm, I'm thinking the haunted mansion that choke mm-hmm. point when you first are about to uh, board the vehicle uh, it, you're really close to people and yeah you know we didn't think about a contagious virus at the time when these things are being designed. So. I think that they'll, they're probably going to close the vestibule, you know, mm. and that they, the theme is still going to go, the music's still going to play, but they're going to escort people through six at a time. You know, U6, 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 stop. U6, 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 stop. And so it, I think it'll still be there, but it's definitely not going to be 35 people shoulder to shoulder in a room anymore. Right. Yeah. I will say, speaking of Haunted Mansion, we didn't bring it up when we did attractions, but one thing that was really cool, uh, do they, Sam, you would know better than me, that for, did they only do the ghost, like, meet and greet picture things? The grave diggers? Yeah, that Mm -hmm. stuff just because it was uh, Halloween, or did they do that all the time? 
just for the Halloween Horror Nights, and that's horror. Excuse me. Now look where I am. Just for yeah. Mickey's not so scary. Just so yeah. fair. Um, but that's like part of the, the winning. <laughs> go, <laughs> the going into the ticket price is like these these things that you can't do anywhere else. Like in Disneyland, after Halloween, they basically take everything and they make it Jack Skellington. So that's part of the ticket price. You know, it, it draws people in for a hundred dollars a night. You know, and the cheapest one. Last year was $89 a night. You had to go on like a Thursday in September. We did it on, did we do it on Friday? Is that when we did it? I, yeah, I yeah, say, Friday. Friday because then, yeah, Saturday we all fell asleep all day long. Yeah. And then so, Sunday, Sunday's when I went to Universal. We did like Friday, the first Friday of October is $139 a person. That's mm-hmm. steep for your family, six, mm-hmm. you know, or four. And so it, it does really build into that. It makes it so much more enjoyable. I, I personally, be, I shouldn't speak because I have the luxury of being able to go on these rides whenever I want, but like the rides are kind of like secondary to the experience when you go to that show. I definitely agree. And I think those nights and having all this, it's really important for them to get pass holders to spend extra money. Like mm-hmm. just talking from a business perspective, because they don't make money of, from locals coming in every day. But these nights are almost as much as a park ticket. So you're getting them to pay a park ticket price for these parties. Yeah. And so if you're not making it worth this extra cost when they can go during the day for free, um, then you need to offer these additional experiences. I think so too. They could get more money out of me and I'm pretty stingy with Disney right now because the experience has deteriorated in the last two years. Um, just the amount of people, the, the intake versus the the output, if that makes sense. So like they're bringing in all these school tours and bus tours and it used to be like staggered, but now it's like all at the same time. You can't even get into the park. It's, there's no peak, non-peak anymore. There's no oh, There's no non-peak. If, yeah. if in, the next person to ask me when they should go down to Disney, I just want to be like, it, just take a guess because you never know. Exactly. I and was down tell there you. during Halloween or near Halloween. There was like no one in Galaxy's Edge the one day I was there. I was like, I you wouldn't have been able to predict it. It's just you mm-hmm. have to get lucky. It, yeah. There's no off and on season. And so I really wish that not only did they not do that, of course, but I understand money is money. But I wish if they were making the decision to do that, that the people that they were hiring to crowd herd you know, we're a little more prepared for what they were doing. So I've had a couple Disney horror stories recently. My experience has deteriorated, but I would gladly pay them more money if there was a low volume night. Like if it was guaranteed only 4,000 people can get in kind of night and they could get a lot of money out of me out of that because the reason why my experience is deteriorating is how can I be mad at this college graduate that's in an intern program that they're seeing legitimately 2 million people a day and 2 million people are being maybe nice or not so nice. So how can I really hold that person accountable for a hundred percent of their actions circumstantially? Right. Yeah. But like you're going through this, you pay all this money, you pay money to be there. You, you pay money to park, you pay money to travel as a tourist. I would be like, hell no. And so it's weird. Like at Pirates of the Caribbean, the woman thought that I, I was the small child, I'm 30 something years old, that I was the small child of the 
the people in front of me. And so they were trying to squish us as a family of four in the front seat, and it only fits two in the front seat. <laughs> Sorry. So I just tried to imagine that. These pe- first, if you, if you know me personally, you know that did not fly. Yeah, that's, why I'm, that's really why I'm laughing. And so I, she's telling me to go, and I'm not listening to her. I'm not like being rude. The other people went. They sat down. The door shut. I'm waiting for my turn. You know, I didn't combat her or anything. And then she pulls on my shirt and tells me, points in my face to go. It was very not PC for anyone in that room at that moment. And it's like, I'm not going to go, right? And then we get stuck on the ride. Oh, no. So when we get stuck on the ride, my boat is almost up to the the deboarding part, right? Um, and I, we're there for 10 minutes, logically waiting for the ride to restart. Now we're there for 20 minutes. So I say to the girl, listen, like, can't we just walk off? It's like right there. And she says, no, it's, it's a liability. And I'm like, okay, fine, right? 45 minutes later, they tell me to walk off. <laughs> so they held me, first of all, they insulted me and held me hostage. <laughs> so it's like my Disney experience is less. I would gladly pay more money for a better experience. And even though I don't really know where my money is going, I would like to think it would go to better housing or a better work-life balance for the people who actually deal with that because they're the foundation of the park, really. You know, if you don't have a good group, if you will, your ride's not going to be that great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, trips, uh, I learned a couple of things doing Disney and Universal back-to-back. I'd kind of like to pass on some wisdom from what I've learned and what some of you veterans uh, know about going to parks to help people out. Uh, First and foremost, go with someone who knows the park you're at. I would have gotten way less out of Magic Kingdom if I wasn't with you. And I know I got way less out of Universal going by myself because when I came back, I was talking to Harry about all of the things that I missed that I would have really enjoyed (laughs) seeing. Um, So it definitely helps if you, if you can, if you can go with somebody who who knows Uh, wear comfortable clothing, my back was on fire at the end of both of those nights. Like I couldn't do Splash Mountain and a lot of those other things. Is like my back is killing me too much. Like I like it would hurt, it would have hurt me really badly to be in like a ride. Um, which I know is why we did like some of the like Little Mermaid and those kinds of things at the end, where I was just like I need to sit down. Um. So yeah. So and then something to keep you cool. My squishy helped me a lot, but like Florida man, I don't know how you deal with that. It was so hot and so humid. And I'm like, it's fall. Yeah, I've been there in July and August. And I can't imagine. It's yeah. really brutal. You just have to have, your expectations have to reflect reality when it comes to the weather in Florida. You know, downpours in the afternoon, 100 degrees with humidity. You just have to be ready to not do everything. I think it's really hard. If, like as an annual pass holder, it's very lucky I never have that pressure I go back to hotel for a nap when it's hot but people always feel the pressure to do everything possible and I get that I'm a huge planner but you're not going to enjoy yourself if you try to do too much and push yourself too much especially if you're down there when it's hot I agree if you're a person that's staying there and you think that you can do everything you want to do in three days fine but I think whatever day you think you need you should always add two And yes, expense is a huge thing, 
Um, but the way Disney works it out is after you pay for five days, the rest are almost nothing. The rest is like $12 a day to go. Um, so if you were going to go for five, just go for seven. If you're going to go for three, just go for five. Um, if you're going to go going back to what you're saying, Tara, like have a reasonable expectation. If you know you're going to be there on short time, just pick one thing that is your diehard thing that you absolutely have to accomplish that day. And then just go with the flow for the rest of the time. Definitely consider going early in the morning, taking a nap in the afternoon, going back at night. Yeah. I say I definitely had like a, I had a very short list of things I wanted to hit at each park. I wanted to do Haunted Mansion, obviously Pirates of the Caribbean, and I wanted to get Mickey ears. So I did those. And then everything else we did was also fun on top of that. Mm. Um, Universal, I definitely wanted, I wanted to go to do all the Simpsons things. Um, I wanted to do Transformers. I wanted to do Men in Black, but I had a backpack and they're like, you have to put it in a locker. And it, yeah, was, like, was... it was like 15 bucks to do that. So I was like, oh, never mind. Um, no. Yeah, and then that I was going to be a do... tip for Universal was yeah. that they push for these lockers, um, and they do actually give you like a window, like maybe an hour or two hours uh, for free. Um, but it is a hassle to take everything you have, and you have to use your thumbprint, and some people aren't cool with that. Um, but you know, it's it's another line you have to wait in. Like the Harry Potter stations to get your lockers are a mess. Um, oh my god, they're so packed. cramped. They're so cramped. It's hot. Um, so that's something that's different about Universal that, that Disney lets you bring more, I feel like, loose articles with you on the rides and they have places for you to store them in the vehicle. Um, Universal will not let you do that. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. A good pro tip to say, like, pack light. Like, really, obviously, I have luxury of being able to go a lot. So, like, if it doesn't fit in my pocket, I don't bring it with me. But if you were going with kids and stuff, a lot of people I know that have kids, they bring the stroller not for the child, but for all the stuff they don't have to carry. It makes sense. And so that that's not a me thing, you know, but I see the value if you have two or three kids, why that would work. Plus, yeah, it's nice to have that if like they're getting tired and whatnot, mm -hmm. keeps them mm -hmm. quiet. And maybe they'll take a nap in it and you can do something for yourself. Another tip that I had was, um, especially if it's hot, you can go into restaurants and ask for a cup of water and they're not going to charge you for that. I mean, that sounds like it should be a no brainer, but you'll see bottled water is like what, four or five dollars. And Some people don't realize that they can Dude. just ask for a cup and you know, you'll get some water. So yeah, I bring a bottle of water for uh, refilling. They have a lot more stations now, like the actual refill stations. So they've been integrating that at Disney World at least. I will and say, so, yeah. when, when we were stuck in the line for the Stranger Things Haunted House, which is like 90 minutes at the shortest, there, when you're like halfway through it, they had like kiosks that sold like five bottle, $5 bottles of water and stuff. I'm like, man, they got you good because you're not going to leave at that point. You're too invested. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, I still had things to drink from earlier, so I was okay. They've gotten a little more lax with the things that you can bring. Like they used to not let you bring anything in. Now they'll let you bring like sealed sandwiches um they make they still check your cooler it's still a longer wait to get in but they're getting a more lax with that because it's like even even if they made it so you couldn't bring anything in except for maybe a bottle of water you're waiting in line to get to the food and eventually yes. you'll give up so yeah. they've made some nice concessions with that to sort of make it more user friendly but i would say if you're going there and if you want to get food like everything is usually pretty splittable, you know? And because it's so hot, you really don't want to eat too much anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I bring snacks with me. I'm like the opposite. I bring a backpack and you do have, to, it's annoying waiting and security and stuff, but 
That way I can have my water bottle, my snacks, so I don't have to waste time getting that during the day. Um, but another tip with the food is buy the from the kids menu. You have to be careful if it's like, you know, your typical chicken tenders, don't do that. But sometimes they'll have like a kid's version of their real meals and they'll be smaller, but a lot cheaper. And like you said, you don't want to be eating heavy anyways. So you can save a lot of money from ordering from the kids menu because at Disney, they can't, they can't, or at least they've never said anything to me. And what are they going to do? Be like, present your child to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, like they're crying over there. Around grab, the yeah, just grab any kid. I'm sure they're sick of kids. Uh, um, another yeah, tip. I just started doing that recently. and it's That's a good idea. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. So I assume I, it's like half portion, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, their portions are still huge. You yeah. know, like no they're charging you $12, but you're kind of getting $12, even if you don't feel like you got $12, because it's $12 for a cheeseburger, you know? And so a lot of people have a hard time justifying that, especially when there are things that are way more accessible, like McDonald's used to be at Disney and now it's not. Fast food brand name chains used to be sponsored at Disney and now they're not. So it's like you're mentally, a lot of people feel like they're getting a lower quality item for three times as much money. But really, like, Andy and I, we split almost every meal we've gotten there if we get quick service. If you're doing sit-down restaurant, that's different. You, yeah. You're there for the experience itself. But if it's just hot and you can't take it and you need to get something to eat, it's super easy for two adults to split something. And another tip I had it was non-food related, but it's enjoy the little things like stop and look around you because there's so much theming in these parks, uh, especially Disney and Universal. Um, when you're outside of rides, look at the way that they constructed the ride buildings. A lot of times there's a lot of thought and care that went into the way that things that are in the line, little like Easter eggs and hidden Mickeys and things that you can see around the music, the environment, the atmosphere. It's so tempting, especially if you've never been there before to not waste a second of your vacation and go, go, go. Uh, from one thing to the next, but just take your time and enjoy the little things because they're there probably for a reason. Mm -hmm. And two, on that note, maybe the, these things are not so little, but like the shows that they have pop up, like Universal does a really good job where, you know, somebody will just be like, tick, 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 and then somebody else picks up something and then they all kind of do a bandstand. And that's not something you're going to see anywhere else. Disney has been sort of phasing those things out because you can't like move around enough to see it so they've done away with the Muppet theater they used to do it in Magic Kingdom where I was like uh the Muppet history of just the American part and I mean like it's a great show but you would never even think to see that it's not something that's advertised when you grab a map they tell you where it is but they don't necessarily tell you times it sort of just pops up and those are sometimes the best part when you're walking around and then all of a sudden some magic just happens in front of you and like I know Batu is is filled with a lot of that stuff too from Galaxy's Edge, right? Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of little hidden things. Yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs, hidden things. Um, I'm definitely big in the immersion. So like they have the Disney Play app, which for all the other sections of the park, there's games to keep you entertained in the queue. So I definitely recommend downloading that or even if you just get like heads up to play in the queues. But for Batu, they have where you have a data pad you actually go around and you're trying to get control of the doors for either the resistance or the first order. So it kind of adds another element. And whenever I just want to walk around and take a break, 
that's what I'll do is I'll just do that. And they also in Batu, some of the cast members will walk up and ask if you want to play Sabak. So learning how to play Sabak is important when you go to Galaxy's Edge. So it's really cool when they interact with you. And that's always my favorite part. I mean, yeah, Rise of the Resistance blew me away. I, I was in tears, but I'll remember the interactions with the cast members and those small things more, mm. I think, as time goes on. Also, take time out to do the photo challenges that they have. So every park has, like, their own little thing to do. Magic Kingdom has, like, the uh, Kingdom Keepers cards kind of thing just something to distract from everything else instead of waiting in line all the time but each of those parks has a different photo opportunity that's unique to that park so when you start to go into star wars they have all the shuttlers and all the ships there if you time it at a certain time they'll give you certain animals or certain like unexpected things that show up in your photos as like a gift like a porg or like maybe you're at epcot and um stitch is coming out of the ground like burrowing out of a tunnel or uh, Tinkerbell will be going over your picture. And so if you bought the photo maker or if you already have some kind of season pass, it comes with it and it's like a little gift that you get because sometimes the pictures take a couple days or even a couple weeks to come through. So like you don't expect the magic that you see. I've never gotten the porg, even though I've been there like three or four times. <laughs> you got to time it just right. <laughs> I never get the porg. So uh, she was like, do this. You I know? know. So like I knew I that it was coming, yeah. but when I didn't get the picture, I was really sad. And then like Aww. a week later, it just the magic gave, ones take longer. Gave me a notification, and I was like so excited. <laughs> yeah, the photo pass is definitely worth it, and it seems like a lot. I mean, I have a pass, so I'm not sure how much it is. I think it's like a hundred bucks or something, but it's totally worth it. The pictures are amazing that they take. And they're very professional. And you already talked about the magic shots just at a whole nother level. Yeah, we did one um, when there was a big hurricane year before last. And they were about to close Disney for a day. We went the day before they were closing. And there was like no one in the park. There was like maybe a thousand people at Magic Kingdom. Like no one there. And so we're like, oh, we never get a picture with the castle. So we stopped and got a picture at the castle. And what they sent me was a picture of us at the castle. The zoom out. Well, it was the zoom out, but I also got one that was like a huge cauldron with like uh, Snow White. Sorry, it was escaping me. I was about to say Cinderella. Snow White's apple, you know, and that's like our favorite picture today. We look like hell in it because it's a hurricane, <laughs> but that's still one of our favorite pictures. And it gives a character, you know. Um, say, Harry, you, you were telling me something about Universal. If you ask them and they're not busy, they can give you like behind the scenes Oh uh, yeah, stores. So uh, right now it was, it used to be the Twister ride in Men in Black, um, but now I think it's just Men in Black. Oh, and Revenge of the Mummy, uh, the roller coaster too. Uh, you can find, uh, they call them team members at Universal. Got to get my terminology right. Uh, <laughs> team members, and uh, they're usually out in front. And if it's not busy, um, you can ask them for the uh, behind the scenes tour. Uh, Men in Black, it's the immigration tour. And uh, they'll take you uh, around the queue and show you uh, some props and things that are usually there, like ex expand extended queues that um, aren't used unless it's really, really busy. Um, if they're closed down, they'll take you back there and show you some of the behind the scenes, like for the mummy ride, they'll show you some behind the scenes of the actual track that was originally used for the King Kong ride. 
um, which was kind of cool. And Men in Black, uh, that line features uh, the room from the movie where uh, the two big aliens are at the console and they're, they're uh, typing. Uh, you can walk around in there and take pictures. And it almost fits with the theme of the ride because it makes you look like uh, you're uh, an alien in uh, <laughs> processing <laughs> for, for the Men in Black. So, um, and then at the end of that tour, they'll put you on the first uh, available ride vehicle and you'll usually get a front row seat with a team member who will point out different behind the scenes things about the ride while you ride, which is kind of kind of cool. Not everybody knows about it. It's not advertised really, um, but if you can be there on an off day, um, you can ask for it and, and get a tour. Yeah, just some, awesome. something to keep an eye out uh, for. They didn't do that. I asked them about that at Men in Black and they're like, they weren't doing it. It was also like right before Halloween Horror Nights was about to start. So I imagine they probably weren't. Yeah, big event days, probably tough to Yeah, it's probably do. not a good time to do it. <laughs> do it in like March. Um, but yeah, so so those are the tips that I kind of learned and I think it's worth kind of have, and like having a bit of a game plan, like I said, have like a couple of big things you want to do, but then, you know, leave yourself chance in the day to do other things as well in like, window shop and stuff you don't have to buy everything but like some of the shops are really cool um like their own little experience like what's the one by haunted mansions like haunted curios memento mori yeah that's what it is i knew it was alliterative but i couldn't remember what it was i like flew a- to disney just to go to that store on opening day that's awesome <laughs> did you get your picture they have the, the i cool- did i have yeah. it right here you want to see it i don't know yeah, if you yeah. pick up on the camera okay give yeah. me a second uh, it's one of the exclusive souvenirs uh, from that store is uh, that you can get your yourself as a picture, and then uh, if you move it, it'll. Oh, you'll so see like you look around. Yeah. yeah, you'll see in a minute uh, what happens. I don't want to ruin it, but uh, so it's, we'll, it's we'll make this exclusive. exclusive. We'll make this exclusive to the YouTube version. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll cut this out of audio because it's not very good audio podcast. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll say one other thing about uh, planning ahead uh, one of the unfortunate things you have to kind of do with disney especially if you're going during peak day is you have to plan out your fast passes and usually they tell you to do that like three months ahead of time um yeah all that's changing because of covid so definitely research it um whatever we say might be outdated right they keep updating it but because the single rider i I was going to talk about single rider lines too and i think that's all going away now because um, yeah. you know they used to have a, a separate line for people that are just by themselves and you get on the ride faster because it helps fill odd number of rows and things and they call it the single rider line yeah that's what i use for smugglers run i'll go on it over and over 15 minute wait for single rider it's I'm always an engineer which is like the worst <laughs> role you can have so yes yeah, so i'm afraid to do the, the falcon one because i don't want to get stuck with a bunch of randos or people you have who to go don't with understand what's going on yeah yeah, we we're just talking about single rider lines. Uh, oh yeah, they may be going by the wayside now with the virus, but uh, yeah, I'm sure they are. Okay, so this when I got it, I put it on YouTube. I was the first person to put it on YouTube, and nobody cared. Oh, <laughs> I think it's so cool. I, I like the. Souvenir. And so when I was waiting in line, I went. Well, for I went just for this, and then when I was there, they were telling me that oh, it's probably not going to be today because it's rainy. Blah blah blah. I'll come back tomorrow, and we were there for like five days. So at that time, I think we're staying at All-Star Sports. So I made it all the way back to All-Star Sports. The second that I get to All-Star Sports, I get a notification on my phone that says they're open. I run right back (laughs) to the bus and I get there. And when I get there, he tells, oh, we were only taking 100 people. We've already had 100 people. So I tell him, I flew here from New Jersey. I flew 865 miles to be here. And you're going to be pulling my lifeless body off the pavement if you do not let me in this house. 
it would fit the theme, but it wouldn't be very Disney. So, <laughs> so they let me in, and then they gave me this, and I'm not sure if this is going to really pick up, but... Oh, no, you can see yeah. it. Yeah, you can see it. Oh, that's, that's really awesome. cool, actually. And it's like my prized possession. <laughs> yeah. And you can see it was raining. My hair is all wet. It only adds to the, the theme, but... Yeah. They also gave me the cool, this is when they started like the tarot card reading stuff. Oh, yeah. And so this isn't, this isn't on brand anymore necessarily, but this, this was my favorite branding that they did. Now they're on, I used to think it was just like chibi characters, but it's actually Disney emoji blitz. Oh. So that's their current branding. Less fun. <laughs> yeah, it's way less fun. But yeah, so, yeah so. there's unique souvenir experiences like that at different places, depending on where you go in the parks. You, yeah. you, know, you can't you can't get that picture done, you know, let's say the Disney gift shop in the front of the park. It has to be at that store. And now they have death certificates, which um, they've done away with, as you can imagine, because it's not very friendly right now. Yeah, so. I guess. I mean, people die every day. Uh, we just <laughs> avoid this sort of conversation. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I guess with that, I would say uh, episode complete. We're going a little bit long as we do every episode. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, theme parks, like I said, I don't experience a lot of them. I want to do more. I've always found them fascinating. I watch a lot of like theme park history channels on YouTube. Uh, so Yesterworld and Defunct Land are two that I really like and I recommend them. Um, it's just fascinating to watch all the different versions of like, even just like the Haunted Mansion, just how it changes and like some of the original ideas and things. Um, uh, but do you guys have any kind of uh, online presence you would like to plug? Anywhere we can we find you on Twitter or Instagram or Twitch? Uh, you can find me on Twitch, AC Pinball. Uh, I love playing pinball. So find me there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, you can find us as where everywhere. We're just Level Up Entertainment. I'm specifically Level Up Scott, L V L U P S C O T T, on Instagram and Twitter and like all of the, all of the things. Um, I don't post as often. I post on our YouTube page and SoundCloud and all of these other places a lot more now that I'm doing a weekly podcast. Um, but with that, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, if you have a topic you'd like to see us tackle in a future episode, please leave a comment or contact us at contact at levelupentertainment.com. This is where I usually say what the next episode's topic is going to be, but I'm not sure what it's going to be next time. We have a couple of uh, uh, ones in the works. We just haven't been able to nail down recording days, um, partially because I'm juggling a couple of people's schedules. But another one, uh, as of recording this, uh, the store will be opening back up full time uh, for the public in a couple of days. As you listen to this episode, it will have been open uh, that, you know, that week. So I, I'm going to be a lot busier, um, so I may not have as much time to work on this now. Um, plus a couple of our other employees, the idea for the show was we would rotate hosts. So I think Greg's, I know Greg wants to do one. Um, so he might be the next one. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, so we might take a week or two off of the weekly posting, which is fine. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Um, but yeah, so we may take a week off because the store is about to open a few days and we're about to get much busier. Um, and especially Greg, because he's about to welcome his first child into the world. Aww. Uh, I believe in two weeks is the due date from this recording. Um, but for all I know, by the time you hear this, we'll, you know, she may have been born. Um, so we wish him and his wife, Mo, all the best luck in the world. Um, and until then, be safe out there.